Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come before you, to get to know you, to love you and adore you, Father. But you've already all done that already for us. You knew us before the creation of the world, Father, and you loved us before time began. How that is even possible is mind-blowing, but you're a God who can do anything. You don't hold back. You love dearly and you love with abandon. You're reckless in how you love because we can't match that example. Right now, a lot of people have had a hard day and they don't know what they're going to do. And you love them through this. 
You've already provided a way out, Father, for the person who's having a difficult time and wants to give in to an addiction. You're already trying to meet that need and asking them, will they come with you? Come follow you. Father, you are so dear. I pray right now that each and every listener would hear your voice clearly. This time that it's dark, that you are the light and that you've put that light in them, Father. Holy Spirit shines brightly and far greater than we could have imagined. And he lives and delights to be in us. We thank you for your gift, the comforter and the teacher that he is. And we pray a blessing on each listener that they would be devoted students, intimately sitting at the feet, learning from him who created the worlds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, another episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, at the start, I want you guys to know two things, that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. Almost feels like 2021 has more pressure on it to perform in the minds of man than any other year that I've ever seen coming as the follow-up to 2020. in in all of the ways that I have heard referred to so far this year, um, there's almost a, a a savior complex being put on this year, and so we want to take this opportunity at at the start of at the start of a new year to maybe take a little bit different of a direction. There are core fundamental truths that are universal regardless of year and circumstance that we we want to we want to discuss, you know. There's a lot of people looking forward to maybe what they perceive to be in a by default uh brighter tomorrow. And so we want to discuss what that looks like, what looking forward looks like in its truest biblical sense. I think I'm probably going to blow that up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at the verses that I I have selected, and hopefully they're by the Holy Spirit. Um, And I'm going to go with the, this is what my thought is. 2021 is new, and we're to treat it like We're going on, I don't want to say a trip, but we're going on an adventure or a trip. What do you need for that in order to be successful in 2021? Now, I'm going to get a little bit towards the, probably the end of this in my my third section of scripture where where I'm looking at. There's, There's the goal of that. So, and we've talked on the show before, and it'll be no surprise when I say it again. But, you know, what are we going to take with us? Okay, you got to pack up and you got to go on this adventure in 2021. What are you going to take with you? My first thought is I'm going to take hope. You know, where's my hope? Who do I put my hope in? If, and I mean big if, if I do this correctly, whatever comes does not deter me, dissuade me, or cause me to be depressed because I know where my hope comes from. And by the way, that's not one of the verses I selected. (laughs) 
But I wanted to to pick out, and I'll probably read from two different translations. Um, pick up with Philippians 3, 12 through 14. And I'm going to read it from uh, the New Living Translation and then from the easy to read version. I do not mean, to, well, I said 3, 12 through 14, right? Okay. I do not mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to the to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I can see your eyes beaming. <laughs> you know it's gonna good you know it's gonna be a good episode when we're still in each other's Oh that's the Holy Spirit talking. Oh we overheard exactly. him. That must have been it. So, you know, <laughs> this is a great thing, um, a great starting point, And I probably will reiterate this throughout the evening. No matter where you are at, don't be disappointed where you're at. Oh, I didn't achieve enough for the Lord. I didn't do this right. I could have done that. That's not what the Lord wants you to focus on. The Lord wants you to focus one and one thing only, him. There's no room for you in that, meaning there's no room for you to say this is the most important thing. When you focus on him, you're uniting with him. That's just a gift of God. Um, and I'm going to draw, draw back to, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So when I read that, and you may read it differently and get a different meaning, but when I read that, it, is how perfectly Jesus possessed me. That is something that I'm pressing towards to enter into that. Okay, I'm going to take the end and move it to the beginning. That intimacy. There is nothing that separates you from God, from being intimate with him. This is a gold mine. And no matter where you're at in life, you've had the worst year you've had, you just come out of. For most people, that's a given. You know, you could be feeling depressed uh, no matter what, but if your hope is in that relationship, in the one whom saved you, who knew you from before the beginning of the world, who chose you, if you can focus on that, that's gonna really go a long way to getting you to move forward in 2021. With that, I'm gonna read the easy to read version. I don't mean that I am exactly what God wants me to be. I have not yet reached that goal, but I continue trying to reach it and make it mine. That's what Christ Jesus wants me to do. It is the reason he made me his. Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past and try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. I keep running hard toward the finish line to get the prize that is mine because God has called me through Christ Jesus 
to life up there in heaven. This world is not your goal. We know from revelations that it's going to be a renewed world. It is not going to be anything like what we have right now. Um, and our focus can't be what's in the temporary world. And I got a feeling that a lot of Christians are going to be picking up on what God is putting out there. Because now's the time for the renewal of the mind. And we're going to probably get into that in the next couple of episodes. But God wants you to be an optimistic people. He's called you to lift your face up and look at him. That is a big difference from what the world is telling you to to be shameful, be quiet, don't talk, and especially don't mention Jesus. We recently had someone close in prayer in a way that was not of the Christian faith, but took a little bit of um, a hit towards Christianity, a little bit of a slam. Uh, I don't really want to be distracted by that, but it doesn't matter what the world does because our hope is not in the world, it's in Christ. It's in the relationship that the Father has bestowed upon us through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. So we have a lot of things that are coming towards us that is good as long as we're focused on the prize. So if we take hope forward into 2021, it will always keep us looking up and where is up toward the heavenlies. And I don't mean figure like to the sky all the time or crick your neck, but look up, look up. We're always thinking that about God. He raises our countenance. He lifts up, the scripture says, our countenance so that we can be joyful before him. And when we look down, we forget who he is. We look up, we remember. So that's sort of what I want you to take away from that look up. You're remembering him. The more time that I spend with God, um, the more I'm realizing that consecrating something like plans, your life, something like that, um, has to be purposeful and requires active participation on our part. I don't think I'm alone in noticing that it can be easy to project onto God. Mm -hmm. Our fears, our concerns, our worries, our doubts, especially over the last year. And and I'm I'm speaking from a place of inclusion here. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not I'm not trying to keep myself separate from this. I've I've found myself in this position. And so getting that getting into that mindset, um, it becomes really easy to negotiate yourself out of active submission to God. And one thing that I've learned over the last several months is, like we've talked about before, our relationship with God, our involvement in the kingdom is so much more involved than a passive position of just thinking that it's God that's just going to do everything and that we sit by in the passenger seat and just reap all of the rewards. John 15, 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you 
remain in me. That involves more than just, oh, I'm saved. I'm good. I'm good. Good with Christ. This extends to our day to day. This extends to our thoughts, our actions, our plans, our lives. And it extends past January 1st, regardless of whatever year it is. We've talked about before that there's only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of his dear son. And the Bible speaks of us in uh, many, by many names, the body of Christ, sons and daughters. But we're also referred to in a very spiritual sense. And living in the kingdom day over day, month over month, year over year, is more than just trying to do the right thing. It's more than just getting by because of the present circumstances of the world. And I don't know about you, but I have never seen as much anthropomorphizing with a year as I have from, from 2020. I have watched people make it sound like 2020 was Satan himself. Like he was the great dragon seeking to destroy people's lives and 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 that's 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 one thing and that's i'm not i'm not saying by one thing that it's okay but what i am saying is that that that's one thing it's a whole other thing when that dragon that beast that is this past year gets gets put in the same category as god in a in a in a power level kind of thing that's a good point because a lot of people feel that God was bound by 2020 or that he caused it, which was uh, is another whole big problem. Oh, yeah. No, there's a there. There are people that, you know, we, we've seen this at least at least from my perspective in the years that I have lived. I've seen the millennium, the year 2000. I've seen uh, 9-11. I've seen Katrina. I've seen many different uh, monumental events, let's say, get pinned on God as, you know, God's wrath on a sinful world sort of thing. Or this is going to be the great cleansing. So that's a whole other ball of wax that, that needs to get shoved into the corner and forgotten about because it's nonsense and it's bad theology. To key in on the first thing that you said, it's almost like there's this thought process, like God didn't see it coming. Now, we didn't see it coming. Nobody really saw 2020 and all of its ludicrousness coming. But God did. And God was still sovereign over all of it and still is. The older I get, the more I settle into the roles and responsibilities that God has for me, the more I realize that the temptation to go it alone is real. I got this. I got big shoulders. I can handle it. It's fine. Or to look at the small stuff and say, meh, I don't need to bother praying about that. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's, it's, it's little stuff. I'm not going to bother God with that. 
that kind of thing, or I don't need help with that. It's not a big deal. I realize that these things are real, but they're also a fallacy. They're a logical fallacy. And the enemy, the actual enemy, comes to kill and destroy, period. Doesn't matter if it was last year, this year, 20 years ago, or 20 years from now. Doesn't matter. And daily interaction and communion with God is paramount. And I think this year has, or this past year, continues to, or, or has shined a light on that fact, right? The building, the routine, the practice, the checklist, all of that, all of that can get taken away in a second. We've seen that now. That that has been that has been shown. So what does that leave you with? Like we've talked about in previous episodes, what's that leave you with? That leaves you with God. And for some people, that's an awkward place. And so in in Luke, it speaks of our responsibilities, right? As co-rulers and the authority that we have in him, in being active about praying in the authority and power of of God over situations and circumstances in a very purposeful way in the power that that has behind it. You will never ever hear the demonic the, the demonic forces tell you that you have authority over them. But you do. That comes from Christ directly. That is what came through the cross. You have stepped out of the kingdom of darkness. And when Joe talked earlier about this, you know, he talked about two kingdoms, the kingdom of the enemy and the kingdom of God. And a lot of people say there's a third kingdom, the kingdom of self. That's a subordinate kingdom. It falls under one or the other. It does not stand on its own. Either you're under the kingdom of light, and if you're not, you're automatically under the kingdom of darkness. Right. That's where your, your kingdom is from the beginning. So it has to be transferred onto the kingdom of light and your kingdom is no longer about you. It's about God. So when you are looking at the demonic, and I don't mean necessarily demonic apparitions because in America, that's not our biggest struggle. Our biggest struggle can be coveting, lust, control, and all these things that are oppressive forces used by the enemy to trap us. And the one thing, and this is a major thought I've had this week, so I'm going to bring it into the show. The one thing we don't realize is that we're told that we are not to wage war against each other, but against the principalities, the rulers who have dominion. How many times do we actually wage war against them? At most, we have little skirmishes that sometimes we win, but we never think of the day-to-day -day entering and going to battle and taking from the enemy what he has taken because of the fall of man. We're the ones that are supposed to claim that back. God has already sealed the victory, but we are the agents of that. So how do we do that? I think everyone is going to have an opportunity to figure that out this year. As they draw nearer to God, 
they're going to naturally be doing this because they're going to be attuned to him. And God doesn't forget about the enemy. God knows exactly what he's up to, and he's not taken by surprise. Nothing takes him by surprise. So we are to engage more the demonic forces that are, are in our own area and around the world. So when Joel was talking about, and I don't think he said it this way, about spiritualizing things, it is important to take the spiritual truths and really apply them. I think that a lot of times we don't think that we have that authority to say to the demonic or because the way we've been brought up in some churches, we don't talk like that. That right. was not for now. We're just dealing with men at a physical level and only entertaining the physical because we don't want to go wayward. Scripture keeps us from going wayward. And if we saw how much scripture does talk and we see it in Jesus, he interacted with the demoniac and the various evil spirits in a certain way. And that was with authority. So if we start to do that, we may see things come under God's dominion a lot sooner in our personal lives. I'll take it a step further. You know, we we in America are very um, materialistic and that's that's why you see um, that's why you see a lot of people from other countries get shunned because they have these stories that in America by America's standards almost sound like um, like sci-fi like like a good horror movie sort of thing and then the ones that speak openly about the fact that like no these are things that i've experienced or seen or anything like that granted obviously like anything but i say that take that with like anything you have to compare it against scripture if it doesn't line up with scripture then there's something off not with scripture but with the thing but they almost get immediately thrown out or ostracized or shunned as if for the people that really invest in the fact that there is a spiritual component to this they they're talking nonsense and all of that when very clearly the bible says our our fight isn't against the flesh and blood it's against evil. It's against the principalities. It's against the demonic. And so if the Bible is saying this, if Jesus himself is saying this, why is that not good enough for us to take as gospel? Yes. Now, here's a thought, and I'm sure people have tried this, so I'm probably saying nothing new. If you're dealing with someone who's in a stressful situation, let's say suicide or drug addiction or in an affair, if you go against a flesh and blood, you're, you're not rescuing the person. If you start with the principality that is trying to rule the person, to me, that sounds like a winning strategy. First, remove the influence, the one that's gonna try to force that person to um, engage in the behavior that's destructive. And then pray for the person, encourage the person, 
bring healing to the person. Um, and I think I heard it best phrase, see the person the way they would be redeemed as opposed to talking down to them like, you know, you blew it, you you know, you're just a drug addict or, you know, you're just a, a, a womanizer. And I'm sure there are worse words, ways to say that. I, and then uh, these things of, of, of tearing down the person are really not part of God's strategy because we are image bearers, regardless of the state that we are, we are image bearers of him. Even the demons hate that. They do not like being reminded of what they've lost. And we have something above that. We have the image of God in us, or however that's phrased. Um, so we we should take care to not ruin that sacredness of God by de detracting. No, no. It's sort of like derogatory uh, a person. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but we shouldn't be doing that. And I say this somewhat from personal experience, and I'll say I'm on both ends of that stick because um, I have a lot of years in me, so I, I've done, been on both ends. God values a person regardless, and no matter how bad they've been, he still wants them redeemed. And we don't know what would be the vehicle of that redemption. You know, even if we have to lay down our lives and die for that person, just so they could say, wait a minute, what did I just do? You know, I, I know that's a tall order. I do. I understand that. But God's value system is not ours. And if I was in such a position, I would hope that I would be obedient unto death, that God would be glorified and honored. I would hope I'd never fail that test. And my reward would be, I'd be instantly with my Father in heaven, with Jesus. And I would be seeing things that I had never imagined. I want to circle back to something that you had said at, at the top, hope. We all have something, whatever that something is. <laughs> Satan's clever. Satan knows, knows exactly where to hit, knows exactly where the soft spots are. Calendar years are just time frames. Nothing more. 365 days around the sun. That's it. So understand that being in Christ, submitting your life to the rule and reign of the kingdom of God, holding your plans, holding your dreams, holding your thoughts with open hands is universal regardless of what the, what the present circumstance or what the situation is. And sometimes... That means that you're going to hit a season that is not great. That there might be tears, there might be heartache, there might be issue, there might be something. And like I said, we all have that something. We've all got that, whatever that looks like. But the one constant, always and forever, is Jesus Christ. Our God is universal regardless of, of, of all of that. And you can hang your hope in that. You can have hope. And, and so trying to compare that to the situation at hand, again, it, it is a fallacy. We get angry at God, wondering, where are you? Why did you do this? 
without ever actually talking to him about it. For a lot of the time. And so the alternative to holding these things open, open-handed and, and in submission is to be caught up in thinking that the world is somehow ours. Like we're, we are trusted in this life with lives, with relationships, with possessions, with responsibilities, with stuff. Those are things that God entrusts to us. We are stewards of this life, but not kings, not the ruler of this life. Those are two different things. And so as, as we, as we progress forward through this year, and we've already seen that this, this year so far already has nonsense to offer. Guess what guys, that's not going to change. You know, that the kingdom of darkness is not going to suddenly stop just because it's not 2020 anymore. Well, as we talked in the last couple of episodes, the Bible tells us revelations is coming. Yeah. So it should not catch us by surprise. Now, there are some people, and I, I always get caught by surprise on this statement that everything is just going to be peaceful until the Lord returns. And I'm thinking like, wait a minute. <laughs> No. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because of the, I know how people are, you know, and, and I'll, I'll give you a small example. In, in our earlier point of marriage, and my wife will agree with this, there were times that we butted heads, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. But she says, all I want is peace. I want peace in our marriage. So, and I wasn't really being coy or disrespectful, but I said, okay, if you want peace, then always agree with me. What I was trying to tell her was, it's not possible because she will not always agree with me. You know, things are not gonna be, and that's not the reason that it's not peace. It's just because we're two different people on two different trajectories. We're not going alongside each other. That changed, by the way, in case you didn't catch on. Um, so we're we're going in the same direction for the same purpose now. We weren't that way before, and it's unfortunate. But a lot of couples start off with how without having an example of what um, a marriage should be—a godly marriage. So we had to figure it out. And mind you, if you're going to figure it out, you need to do a lot of spring cleaning, and then you know sometimes you find mold and worse stuff, and you really got to deal with it. The worst thing you can do is, you know, put paint on it and the rug. <laughs> it's going to get worse, trust me. But so the whole concept of I'm not going to have any issues going forward is not realistic. Um, I'm actually going to take it from a different point than I had wanted to or was planning to go. But I'm going to talk about something that we can do and, and do as a service for others but also for ourselves, but most importantly for God. And it was a verse that I wasn't going to hit on, but it really did impact me the more we talk about it. You know, Matthew 6, 15. And it's quite, I think, a common verse. I'm pretty sure if you've been in the church for a while, and by that I mean seven plus years, and you probably heard it even earlier than, than that. Uh, it says, 
and I'm going to read it from ESV because most people probably heard this way. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And uh, for people, that's a lot. That's a hard concept. Well, does that mean I'm not forgiven? I'm going to die and go to hell? Uh, think of it this way: Your father is your father. He's not going to be happy with you until you said it right. Okay, so there's a barrier between your father. It says, you know what? You better go to your brother and talk to him in a, in a good way and make it right. That's somewhat similar, but there's a lot more love when he does it. But it doesn't feel good. So don't think you're going to have a good time out of that. So offering forgiveness to others is a very important thing. And I, I'm... I remember when I had to do that and I did not want to forgive this one person and I'll go into the story with some detail, but not too much. This was a person that I had got, I had a um, sort of a friendship. This guy was in church and he was very, very open uh, of talking about his life and everything. And then he got up and he shared a testimony um, of something that had occurred and I think I was the only person that picked it up um, because he shared his testimony a lady who was a knew of that situation came up and gave her testimony about her how she was forgiving him but her, her father was affected by what he did and their family was affected by what he did and I thought to myself oh my goodness this man molested their her, her brother and everything and I went and I talked to him about it but he would not answer me which I couldn't understand because he was so open before sharing everything he was an open book he closed off and mind you I have children and young children at this point and now I'm on guard and I'm not liking him too much at one point I had to put my wrap my my, what's that? Arms folded and put it under my my armpits because I didn't trust myself not to get into a fight. <laughs> the angry school teacher? Yeah, yeah, something like that. As, as a matter of fact, one guy who was like straightening up the church, he came and straightened chairs by because he saw my posture with him and he thought I was <laughs> going to go for it. Um, and if you go back to when we talk about how God sees children episodes, you'll understand why. But at one point, I had to decide if I wanted to be right or if I wanted to offer forgiveness. That was really hard for me. Now, he had not done anything that was untoward to another child that I've ever seen. But I was very suspicious. And when he was around the child, even a, a, a teenager that was a what you would call 14, 15 or higher, age teenager I was still kind of hesitant so this was doing something not only to him because he knew how I looked at him it was also doing something to me but more importantly what was it doing to God what do you guys you listeners think God's heart was about it now I know some people will say yeah choke him choke him um, but no, that's not where God's heart is. I, I will tell you that. And and I mean that sincerely. Even at this moment, I may not feel it as much as I mean it sincerely. Now, there's an oxymoron. 
but God wants to be glorified and honored. Would doing something violent do that to his name? Now, that doesn't mean a person gets away with evil. There's laws and they need to be followed through on. Um, but here in the church, there could be an opportunity for that. And now, mind you, I did speak with the pastors and they were aware of the situation and how strongly I felt. Uh, for the long story short is forgiveness is so important that if you find yourself wrestling with being in somebody's presence, that may be a signal that there needs to be something of forgiveness brought forward. And it could be that the person reminds you of somebody else that you need to forgive or you need to feel forgiven about, like you've done something wrong to somebody else. So there could be both ends going on there. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit is really good at bringing up stuff that he wants removed out of our lives so that we can move forward. Now, forgiveness is one of the attributes of God because he forgave the world. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. At that point, he made an intentional decision to sacrifice his sons so that the world could be saved so that people who would turn to him could be saved. And it was without condition. You know, in order for you to save, you got to come to me, but you got to first clean up this, that, and the other. Or you've got to make restitution before I offer you forgiveness. It was, come to me, come follow me, period. No restrictions, right. follow him. When, when life happens, right, you know, and, and I share, we, we, we share our stories, I share my stories, Edgar shares his stories, because, <laughs> guys, guys, we're a couple of unassuming average Joes, pun intended, um, that are just, we're, we're called to be two guys that, that are called to be in front of the microphone, Right. That doesn't mean that we're that we're exalted or special or something along those lines. It's just the situation. Now, there's going to be versions of these things in everybody's lives. You you hit the nail on the head. That ultimately, our number one priority is to act in a way that is glorifying to God. And, and that is, that is the takeaway, right? But that does not change again, based off of circumstance, situation, or anything like that, because ultimately, ultimately all things come together for the good of those who believe. All things are in are controlled and God is in control of all things. Even if it's messy and guess what? Life, it's messy. And God loves messy. Yeah. I believe it because then he gets glorified. Exactly. And, and the thing that, 
the thing that I I used to struggle with was um you know because because I didn't have the linear path to the church oh I'm too broken oh God doesn't God God just wants the wants the ones that are that are all put together and pristine and nice and all of that kind of stuff and unfortunately that's a front that's put on by a lot of Christians and there's a lot of people who see that like oh man I can't hang with them I'm too imperfect you know but you know what and this is you don't realize and this might sound a little bit off-putting you don't realize that these people that we consider we elevate have messy lives inside they just have a neater package right it's almost like an upsell i'll just put a new wrapper on it and sell it yeah. you know but there's a lot of things that are there that is 100 the case that everybody has the stuff everybody has that junk that comes along with being a part of the human experience and so what i want you guys to understand about this is that um regardless of situation time frame year anything like that we are still part of the human experience and you know what god said not gonna have heaven without them and sent his son to build the bridge for us and and so understand that that is a god that loves unconditionally that's not gonna send down a, a pandemic not gonna send down a natural disaster or anything of the sort as you know that the the promise was made that that was that's not going to happen again after the flood the promise was made that's it and we can hang our hats on that promise we can also hang hang our hats on the promise that god is and sees all of it he's in all of it and so as as the body as christ's representation as his followers as part of the family it is our duty responsibility holy position to surrender to him to consecrate our lives to him day over day month over month year over year not just at the start of the year not just on January 1st, but over and over again. Daily dying to ourselves and taking up the cross. Mm. There is Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. It's, it's kind of an amazing thing, when you, especially when you read it in the two translations I'm going to do, which are the New Living Translation first and then the easy to read. So let us stop be going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying of hands, the laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. I mean, you take that middle chunk in verse 2, 
a lot of us are not even there. It's not even taught and forget it. It's hokum as far as a lot of Western churches are concerned. Right. You, you know, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead. Oh, and, and uh, there used to be a time they talked about eternal judgment. That's gotten, you know, that's not seeker friendly. But the whole truth is friendly because it keeps you from a fate that is worse than anything you're going to experience in this temporary world. Right. But it goes through this progression of, of saying, okay, now you're ready to learn the deep things of God. That's where we were going with this whole forgiveness, spiritualizing what's going on, and not living in the temporary. Your goal is to move to further understanding of God. The easy-to-read version puts it this way. So we should be finished with the beginning lessons about Christ. We should not have to keep going back to where we started. We began our new life by turning away from the evil we did in the past and by believing in God. That's when we were taught about baptisms, laying hands on people, the resurrection of those who have died, and the final judgment. Now we need to go forward to more mature teaching and that's what we will do if god allows honestly guys you know it would be very easy for us like i said at the top to package this up into a nice here's a here's a nice top 10 list of things and how to have your best year ever and all of that um and, and honestly guys it goes it goes a step beyond um you know these the you can look at at these uh practices in these concepts from a very two-dimensional sort of sort of space right um you know you'll hear a lot of people say you know um have, have ask god what the word is over your year what is your what what is the word over the year that's good that's real good i don't know if you guys know this but I, i'm there's a dinging going on <laughs> when he said that so pay attention to that i want you guys to take away from this god talks and god can talk in a thousand different ways it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to look exactly just because your friend jim had something that looks like this or so and so said that they had this experience or whatever um, it can be street signs. It can be lyrics from songs. It can be the Bible. It can be dreams. It can, there, there are many different ways that God will talk, but that the, the fundamental foundation of that is that God will talk. So do not be afraid to, and we encourage you to. Talk to God about the year. Talk to God about the uh, about what's going on. What does God want of you? What is the word of your end? Workshop it. Don't just leave it in the back of your mind and, and say, you know, it's togetherness. And then you forget about it in three months because you haven't put another thought into it. Workshop it. Pray over it dissect it with God because typically those words they're gonna have multiple dimensions and multiple aspects 
I'll share with you guys what the word of um, 2020 was for my life. There's trust. And it that looked multidimensional. That had different aspects and ended up presenting itself in, in multiple different ways in my life and in my situations. But Yeah. I just want to say trust is an interesting word. Most people don't understand it. But trust is like life insurance. It's you it's there for when you need it. You understand that? Don't live a happy life and say I trust everything. No, trust is when someone when you don't have you have a reason not to trust you still trust. That's trust. And I don't know if I can use the, the word itself as a definition, but everyone understands what I'm saying. Somewhere, somewhere across across the world, an English teacher just shook its head, shook their head, and uh, for you using the uh, using the word in the definition, uh, <laughs> the Bible's not going to bite. God's not going to bite. It's not like you know there's some kind of benchmark for Christians to um, cross in order to be able to do these things and ask these things and have communication with God. This is something that is very regular, regularly encouraged and taught within the Bible. And it's a practice that as the church, we need to start embracing more. And I mean that universally. God is so willing to give. God is so willing to talk. I don't mean monetary stuff when I say when I say give. I mean wisdom. I mean words. I mean lessons. God is so willing to bestow those things on people that going going forward, if it's the first time, then you know what? Sure, fine. Use use the start of the year as your as your benchmark for when you start doing these things. Fine. And it doesn't have to be mystical. It doesn't have to be super complicated. Like we've talked about, prayers don't need a certain uh, uh, dollar value with your 50 cent dollar words to be able to get up to God. That's not how that works. It, it can be messy. It can be raw. That's totally fine. Again, messy and raw is where God does his best work. So, so don't be afraid to have those conversations with God, especially, especially if you've taken a beating this year, this past year. If you find yourself in a way, in a way that you're confused and you don't know what's up, or you feel like you go, you aren't, aren't having that connection piece with the spiritual, then, then we encourage you have that conversation discuss those things with God because our God will meet you where you're at I promise you that Father God I thank you for your goodness to us Father I pray that we were able to encourage those who are listening Father to move into 2021 with the expectation of hope and to offer forgiveness where forgiveness needs to be not only for the other person and not only for ourselves but so that we can get closer to you, that there's no barrier to our intimacy with you. Father God, I pray a special blessing on these listeners, that you would allow them to grow and mature in you, 
that they would learn more about your word, step out and be bold men and women for you. Father, that you would armor them up, that you would guard them. Father, that you would teach them how to fight against the principalities in their area of the world, in their neighborhood, in their homes, in their cities, Father. That you would teach them to demolish the kingdom of Satan because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and he left us to do the same. That's our inheritance, Father, to be warriors for you, not to be sweet flowers in a garden, but to ravage the enemy and free the captives. I pray this special blessing upon each listener right now, Father, that you would encourage their hearts to be lions before you. And I thank you for all of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.